Scott Bernstein, a.k.a. Scott E.B., and thanks for listening to the Jambase Podcast, a proud partner of the Osiris Media Network. Our friends at Osiris will soon launch Sugar Maple, a new fiction podcast that traces the journey of a very special guitar, its multiple owners, and the music they make together. Maggie Rose and Trey Anastasio are among musicians who contributed to the Sugar Maple soundtrack. This is episode 115 of the Jam Bass Podcast and features my interview with Freak Bass, who returns after last appearing on the show in 2019. Freak Bass will soon hit the road with his band, The Bump Assembly, for the first leg of their Funk the World Tour 2022. Hold tight for my chat with Freak Bass. But first, a few words from this episode's sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Schmogger's Den. Schmogger's Den is an online hangout for jam band fans who love fan art and collectibles. Before music went digital, jam band fans traded live concert cassette tapes from bands who allowed and encouraged fans to record and distribute their shows. This culture birthed tape cover art. All over the country, fans wrote set lists on insert cards they decorated according to whim. Schmogger's Den offers tape cover puzzles made from old Grateful Dead and Fish tape covers from the days of tape trading. The puzzles bear the set list of a show surrounded by Schmogger's own trippy art from back in the day. There's modern day set list art too. And they have every design on shirts for wearing to shows, as well as mugs, posters, and more. Sign up for Schmogger's Den mailing list by March 15th by visiting schmoggersdenlist.com and you could win three puzzles of your choice in any piece counts you like. They make great gifts. Visit schmoggersdenlist.com that's S-H-M-O-G-G-E-R-S-D-E-N-L-I-S-T dot com and schmoggerize your life with their heady products. This episode is brought to you by the Rootsland Podcast. Produced in association with Voicebox Studios in Kingston, Jamaica, the Rootsland Podcast series is a heartfelt tribute to the legends of reggae and the unsung heroes of the genre. The podcast series explores the story of two friends who take a musical and spiritual journey from the suburbs of Long Island to the streets of Kingston, Jamaica. The series is narrated by the man himself, Henry K. Cario a longtime Kingston resident, and a music producer who was in the room for some astounding moments in reggae history. Season one of the Rootsland podcast peaked at number one on the Apple Music history charts in Jamaica, Ghana, and Trinidad, and was a top 10 hit in the United States, United Kingdom, Canada, and Australia. Rootsland tells musical stories of landscapes that span styles and genres and transport the listeners to exotic locations. The series follows Henry Kay, a disillusioned justice major at American University, and Brian, an aspiring singer, as they navigate the world of reggae music. Subscribe now and embark on a journey from Kingston's inner city street corners, where aspiring singers audition a cappella in the hopes of escaping a life of poverty to the island's iconic recording studios where maestro engineers put finishing touches on hit songs. Travel with Henry, a young deadhead Long Islander who gets a job fresh out of college for Bob Marley's widow, sister Rita Marley, at the historic Tough Gong Music in Kingston, Jamaica. Listen to tales covering the next two decades of living in Kingston and producing reggae music's best-selling artists, including Toots and the Maytals, Damon Jr. Gong Marley, Gregory Isaacs, Bob Andy, Steel Pulse, Judy Moat, and more. The Rootsland Podcast recently launched its second season, Exodus. Subscribe now on your preferred podcasting platform. This past weekend was a great one for the jam scene. On Saturday night alone, we had Fish performing down in Mexico, Goose and Humphreys McGee rocking arenas, Tedeschi Trucks Band holding court at the historic Ryman Auditorium in Nashville, ALO closing out this year's Tour de More visit to San Francisco's Great American Music Hall, and Billy Strings billed just under Foo Fighters in St. Vincent at the Innings Festival in Arizona. 
May I say the jam scene is in great shape, and after a few quiet years of touring, it seems like we're really getting back into the groove in strong fashion. Fish played four nights down in Mexico for the fifth installment of their Riviera Maya destination event. Big jams and bust-outs were frequent occurrences as the quartet delivered versions of Tweezer, Down With Disease, Carini, Wolfman's Brother, and Set Your Soul Free that each passed the lauded 20-minute mark. Additionally, Fish dusted off the Little Feet cover Fat Man in the Bathtub for the first time since 2010, Frank Zappa's Peaches on Regalia for the first time since 2017, and Daniel Lanois' The Maker for the first time since 1994. Oh, The Maker, I love that song so much. And it was played with Dave Matthews, who was fresh off his own destination event in Mexico. Dave had last taken the stage at a Fish concert all the way back in 1995. Matthews was on hand for a three-song encore as part of the first night of the destination event. He led the band through So Damn Lucky, duetted with Trey on The Maker, and added acoustic guitar to the evening's Tweezer reprise finale. Is it reprise or reprise? Somebody told me it's reprise the other day, and that blew my mind. I've been saying Tweezer reprise since 1994. But I digress. Also of note, Fish debuted a partial and what seemed to be impromptu cover of the Rolling Stones' Satisfaction on Friday night. Meanwhile, Goose made their arena debut at the Mohegan Sun Arena on Saturday, where they hosted Goosemas. The concert was originally scheduled for December, but was postponed due to COVID. Goose also went heavy on big jams and debuts as they premiered the live version of their Sinnerman cover and new original Hunger Sight. Hunger Sight appears on the band's forthcoming Dripfield studio album and came as part of a third set at Goosemiths featuring well-jammed takes on the LP's first three tracks. We want to congratulate Goose drummer Ben Atkin, who proposed to his girlfriend Sam at the end of the second set at Goosemiths. We're happy to report she said yes. This episode is the first March installment of the Jambase podcast, and we recently launched our March Madness Live Covers Tournament. Following up on last year's contest, which was won by Billy String's Warfrack cover, the fan-voted competition once again begins with 32 different performers, some special guests thrown in, vying to be named the 2022 March Madness Live Covers Tournament Champion. Format remains the same as last year. Round one will present head-to-head covers of the same song, with only one version advancing. Starting with round two, and continuing after that until we name a champion, we'll get different songs competing against each other. Head over to Jambase and get your votes in for the first round by Sunday night. Now, let's get to my chat with Freak Bass. I caught up with the bassist via video chat. He was at his home in Cincinnati, and I called him from my apartment in New York City. The first thing we talked about was the Funk the World Tour. Freak Bass and the Bump Assembly, which counts former Turquoise members Sammy Garrett and Greg Sanderson, among its own members, kick off the run at Ludlow Garage in Cincinnati on March 25th. That night will have a Funkadelic and Kiss mashup theme, as will shows in Louisville on March 26th and Columbus on March 27th. Additional stops follow in Delaware, Virginia, and South Carolina with more to be announced. Freakbase has only played live sporadically since the pandemic began, so you can only 
guess how excited he is to get back on the road. And you could really hear it in his voice. We also discussed how Kiss fits into the mix with Funkadelic for those mashup shows. The bassist then discussed how he's been staying creative while touring is off the table. One of the ways he's done so is with the weekly Saturday Night Chit Chat variety show that airs on Jambay's Facebook page each Saturday night at 9 p.m. Eastern when he's not on the road. Freakbase told me about some of his favorite episodes, including ones with special guests Mike Watt, Mike Gordon, and Nikki Lederman, who did the makeup for the Joker movie. Additionally, Freakbase put out plenty of new music through Color Red over the past two years. Musicians spoke about those tunes, and we use a track he recorded with fellow bassist Karina Reichman as an example of his creative process. Finally, Freakbase previewed what lies ahead for him over the remainder of 2022. Here's my Freak Bass interview, which we'll lead into with a bit of his funk anthem, Get Down. Everybody, come on, let's get down. Freak Bass, it's uh, been welcome back to the Jam Bass Podcast. It's been since 2019 that you were last on the show, and uh, it's been quite a few years to say the least. How are you doing? I'm doing great, and uh, yeah, what a crazy few years, too. It's weird to think that, you know, last time I saw you, we were sitting, you know, somewhere in the middle of Manhattan and uh, had no idea that the twilight zone we were getting ready to head into. The weird part is, is like, I'm kind of gotten used to navigating through this twilight zone. So I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing or a bad thing. So no, I, I, I feel the same way. I've gotten too used to it. I've become yeah. too much of a hermit and I can't wait to get out there and go yep. see some more live music. And speaking of going to see live music, you have the funk, the world tour 2020 2022 coming up and i can only imagine how excited you must be to return to the road we are i mean we've done some spotty dates here in the summer you remember that midsummer like i guess it was july-ish it kind of was feeling like things were kind of starting yeah. to get semi-normal again and i was starting we were doing little spotty festival dates here and there and we even did a couple of things in september but um, obviously that didn't last too long and, um, but it's been since like 2019 where we've actually toured, toured, like actually gone out for, you know, a week or two at a time. So yeah, we are myself and everybody in the band is so excited. I mean, we've been keeping pretty creative over the last couple of years, writing a lot of new music, a lot of good stuff, but you know, there's still nothing like, you know, being in front of people and being with people doing, you know, what you love to do. So we're super pumped to, uh, to do it. Yeah. And can you tell us about the current bump assembly lineup? 
Yeah. So we've grown. Yeah. We've grown, grown during the pandemic. So, yes. um, it's, uh, obviously myself on bass and vocals. Um, we've got Sammy Garrett is, uh, now a pretty much a full-time member. She was, you know, always toured with me pretty frequently pre pandemic. Um, and as I'm sure many of your listeners know, um, uh, over the last few months, uh, turquoise, uh, uh, at least, you know, they, cease to exist, I guess is the way to put it. And so, um, so now, you know, so Sammy Garrett's, uh, with me for all the shows. Also Greg Sanderson, uh, saxophonist from, uh, Turquoise is, uh, going to be touring with us too, as a part of the bump assembly. Um, um, uh, my drummer, Rico Lewis, Rico, uh, toured for shoot 13, 14 years with George Clinton and Parliament Funkadelic. Uh, keep, yeah, yeah, he really is. He said he's seen all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, uh, Sky White, who um, a keyboard player, has been with me for a few years now. He also tours in a really great group called Foxy Shazam. They're actually out doing some dates right now themselves. And um, uh, we've got uh, Nate Lewis. Uh, Nate um, is in a band called Ernie Johnson from Detroit. Really good band from Cincinnati. Big horn, kind of funky, but kind of world beat, kind of mixed. Uh, they've, they've got a very unique sound. So he's playing guitar with me. And Riley Commissar, uh, another vocalist, she'll be out with us too as well. And Riley would kind of, you know, we would kind of bounce back and forth between Sammy and Riley pre-pandemic. And now, you know, we started doing shows with having them together. And it just really made the sound super full with all those nice vocals on stage with all of us singing. And so, uh, yeah, so she's going to be out with us. So we've got, I think it was seven or eight people on stage now. So we are uh, slowly, but sure, you know, who knows two years from now, we may be 15 people. We'll see what happens. You <laughs> it keeps know? on growing. Yeah, it does. It sure it's does. It's like uh, gremlins. <laughs> it is. That's right. We, we, I fed everybody after midnight, I think was my problem. Yeah. <laughs> and how much time are you going to have to rehearse? Well, we have been rehearsing, you know, the, you know, the toughest part is obviously with Sammy and Greg because they both live in New York city. Uh, well, they live in Brooklyn. And, um, so, um, but we had, we actually had a show New Year's Eve, a big show in Cincinnati and it was almost, I mean, it was pretty darn last minute. It was like the third, I think New Year's Eve was on a Friday this year. It was Thursday and, uh, there, there was a city emergency called because of the, uh, the pandemic and, uh, just so, so many firefighters actually and EMTs were getting sick during that time. Um, so uh, the show got kind of canceled last minute, but the little silver lining of that is we went ahead, we already had Sammy and Greg's ticket booked to come down here. So uh, they both came down here and stayed with us for a week and we got a bunch of rehearsing done. Then we got a bunch of new uh, Sammy's uh, solo stuff. We've been working a lot on, which we can talk about. And, um, and so we're, we've been getting a lot of rehearsals in, and I think we're going to have about a week of rehearsals before we head out on the road too, as well at the end of kind of mid-March, uh, before we head out again. So I think we'll be, uh, we'll be in pretty good shape by the time we get out there. Again, there's nothing like being on stage in front of real people. That's always the best rehearsal, but, um, we'll at least kind of be able to get through, I think everything pretty confidently. And a couple of shows that you're doing are Kiss Funkadelic mashups and, you know, first, that's it's quite an interesting pairing. And, you know, you've always been about the funk and have a long friendship with Bootsy and I know your your roots. But how does Kiss come into the mix? Well, the, uh, you know, Kiss and Parliament Funkadelic, Parliament specifically, were both on Cas Casablanca Records. And so we were when the New Year's Eve gig was originally booked. We wanted to do something special. Just it was just going to be just for New Year's Eve originally, and uh, you know we had done like some P Funk type shows before in the past, and we just wanted to try to like 
bring very like two unique, you know, we tossed so many names out there, you know, and everybody from Queen to Fleetwood Mac to, you know, and then we were thinking, you know, I'm a big music history buff. And then we started talking about Casablanca Records, which is such a, was such a cool label, you know, Kiss and Parliament and Donna Summer was on that label. Um, and, um, um, and they were almost like, you know, the yin and yang of each other, you know, Kiss was like, you know, P-Funk was like the the funk version of Kiss and Kiss was the rock version of P-Funk in terms of their whole visual thing and and the you know the, you that. know very big you know party anthem songs you know Kiss with I want to rock and roll all night and and P-Funk with We want the funk so they they're kind of almost in a way mirror images of each other so in a way it kind of actually made sense you know so and of course we're going to do our own take on them and we are going to ma- we are actually mashing up a lot of the songs too. So, you know, you know, bridging them into almost like a DJ would mix them. So that's been the hardest part of actually the set is it's not so much learning, you know, the P-Funk stuff, everybody in the band kind of knows in their sleep anyway, with the Kiss stuff, it wasn't so much the technical side of actually learning the, the tracks so much. It was more like, how do we bridge these songs together in kind of a unique and interesting way? So, but it's really, I mean, it's been a blast learning these songs. And I have to say as a bass player, I have a whole newfound respect for Gene Simmons as a bassist. He's, uh, you know, you always say he's such an iconic and like, you know, almost like a superhero looking guy that you don't like his, you know, his musicianship, you don't really think of as much and, um, and his singing too, for that matter. And, um, so like sitting down and learning those songs, you know, they're, they're not, you know, it's, they're not, you know, Beethoven, they're not John Coltrane, of course, but they're still, they're a little bit more intricate than you might think they are, you know, when you get in there and start really like woodshedding with them. I'm going to do a few things. I'll, I'll, I'll figure a few little surprises for the show. So yeah, definitely we'll have something going on. I don't know about the fire part, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm excited to see what Sammy's wearing. She uh, made a big deal about uh, having the, just the right outfit for the show. And, oh yeah. Uh, so I know she is I- excited. Um, yeah. and, and speaking of Sammy. And, and because uh, of that real quick, Scott, I didn't mean to interrupt you, yeah. but, but like originally, like I said, it was just going to be a one, one show deal. Now in it Cincinnati. looks like we're going to, we're going to do that, that at least that whole first weekend of the run, which will be Cincinnati on the Friday on March 25th at Ludlow Garage and Saturday at uh, Porter, um, which is a, a venue down in Louisville, Kentucky. And then Saturday at the Summit in, in Columbus, the, those first three shows are all going to be the Kiss Funkadelic mashup shows. And um, Sammy coming to her hometown at, at Brooklyn Bowl. Can can fans maybe expect a little taste of that? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, we'll have it all under our belt at that point. So I'm sure we'll, we'll you know, now that we'll have all that stuff, that show will you know, sprinkle all kinds of stuff in, you know. So, yeah, we can't wait. I mean, we're so ex- – I mean, I, Brooklyn Bowl is – 
if not my favorite, definitely in my top five favorite venues in the country to play. I just love it. The staff is great. It's just the vibe there. One of the best green rooms in the business. And uh, you, they just feel make you feel super, super comfortable the second you walk in the door. The sound is always primo. And I've had so many great experiences on stage there that one of the first shows getting back after this crazy couple years we've gone to, it's just seems so, I'm so excited that that's, one, that's on this first run of this tour that we're doing. Absolutely. And I'm excited to be there as well. Oh, uh, awesome. Yay. My hometown of New mm-hmm. York City. Yes, it is. So let's go back to that dreaded month of March 2020. Um, how did you first adapt to being forced off the road by the pandemic? Uh, well, you know, the that first, I guess, probably, you know, we toured almost all the way up until the actual quarantine uh, you know, quote unquote quarantine happened. We, I think our last show was March 10th ish. It was in, um, we were doing kind of a little, kind of a Southern run. We ended in Roanoke, Virginia, but though I remember the Thursday of that week, we had played Asheville, North Carolina, and there was one case that day in Asheville and it made national news. It was like, the, you know, you would have thought, I mean, literally one case they detected in Asheville and you would have thought that that was like the world was coming to an end. So it was a really ominous feel even at the show that night in Asheville. And you're starting to feel that whole kind of world caving in. And then of course, it's like everybody else, like I'm sure you too, Scott, is like, I remember reading when South by Southwest and, you know, in Austin, Texas, when that got canceled, it's like, whoa, what's going on? And then right around either that day, it was all around that same day, the NBA shut down what? too. And and myself and Rico, my drummer, were huge NBA fans. And, you know, that we were like, whoa, what's going on? And then, of course, what was it? But maybe four or five days later when, um, you know, the Jazz Fest thing happened too, when that shut down. So you just started seeing all these like cancellations happening. I, I think that even as, as intense as Jazz Fest was, which is really intense, the, the thing that was so powerful about the South by Southwest is that it was like, you know, a couple weeks out, you know, at that point, because South by Southwest is usually in March. So, um, so it was just more shell shock more than anything else, you know, and, um, but pretty quickly, at least for me, you know, I had a feeling, you know, and I know people, I think some people were thinking it might be, a, you know, a few weeks or a couple months. I always had, I just had this gut feeling it was going to be at least two to three months, obviously not two years. But um, so I, we kind of made the conscious decision at that point to, for at least as long as it went on, to um, release one single on one video a month. So for a good, I think oh, almost a year, literally every month, we would put out a new single and a new video just to try to keep content out there for, for fans and also just for ourselves for the creative side of stuff. And then also I, you know, created the show Saturday night chit chat, which it's funny. Cause like I, um, started that show just to go, I was just going to my Facebook page on Saturday nights just to connect with fans. It's like, Hey, how everybody's doing out here. You know what, you know, and just to, to be able to talk to a bunch of people at once and then I think one Saturday I didn't do it. And then I started getting people uh, messaging me saying like, well, where were you last night? And I was like, oh, I didn't know I was supposed to be on last night. So uh, so it, then I almost felt kind of like a responsibility to be on. And then I was like, well, if I'm going to do this, I want to have some friends on. So I think like Eddie Roberts was probably the first person I had on. I think he was one of my first guests and um, uh, from New Master Sounds. And uh, so then I just was like, well, I might as well just, I'll just sit here and it's called Saturday Night Chit Chat. And I was like, I thought that'd be just as opposed to like being like, I mean, there's an interview element to it, but it was more just about 
musicians getting together and just kind of chatting, living through the world that we were living through. And that's kind of where this show, and now two years later, I'm still doing the show, which is still, that's even, we're almost getting ready to hit our uh, three or two year anniversary, which is like, that is so weird to me. So um, yeah. So just, you know, I guess the way I dealt with it is just basically trying to like live online as much as possible. One thing I've just started in the last few months is um, uh, Twitch and Twitch is, um, I don't know how many, you know, you or any of your, your listeners are familiar with the platform. You know, a lot of people know it from as being more of a gaming type platform, but it's, there's a big musician community that's grown over there. And I kept hearing about it from different, different circles of people. And, um, and so I started checking it out and, um, I was like, well, I'll go on there. And it's basically, I mean, you can do anything you want on Twitch, obviously, but you know, I saw a lot of people on there actually like live from their studios, kind of producing music kind of in front of people. And that's kind of, I was like, well, I have all the stuff around me. It's what I do every day anyway, you know, turn the camera on and we'll see what happens. And it's turned into this. I mean, it, to me, it's the closest thing to being live without being live. The interactivity you have with the chat that you have this chat and these people are like constantly talking to you and, and cheering you. And then they're, you know, like with me, with the way my thing's done, I'm creating grooves live on the fly and I, and I'll have people type in different lyric ideas and then I'll turn that into a song. And it's, it's this whole like just jam improvisation, which is kind of, you know, what we do even on stage and you, and you still get that same kind of adrenaline rush and walking without a tightrope. And, um, so, I mean, I really love it. I mean, it, you know, it's not live. It's a different thing than live, but in terms of that feeling and in terms of that inspiration, it's as close to, for me at least, that I've found to having that feeling live. So, yeah. So if anybody ever gets a chance, I would highly recommend going over and checking some musicians on Twitch. If you ever want to stop and pop me, um, it's easy. It's twitch.tv slash freak base. And it's, it's a, it's a, I'm, I'm a very new streamer on there. I just started it back in late October, early November, but even for the last few months, it's like this whole little community starting to grow and, and the community then becomes less even about you. It's more about the chat become almost their own community, which it's, again, it's kind of almost like a live experience. These people there, we have a discord and they're talking to amongst each other about different things that they, because they've met on my Twitch stream and it's, it's pretty neat. That's incredible. Yeah. I like it a lot. Well, back to a Saturday night chit chat. Uh, Jam Base is very pleased to be a partner with yes. you for that, and you That's can incredible. find that every Saturday night on the Jam Base Facebook page, uh, amongst other places. Uh, one particular episode that I found fascinating was was Mike Watt. It was cool to hear, you know, such a. a what a resume that guy has, and and such a an original cat when it comes to 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 bass. Uh, what have been some of your favorite episodes? Well, that's that's great that you brought him up because he was definitely one of my favorites. I mean, I I just kind of asked him on a whim, didn't even think he would even reply to me, you know, let alone be on the show. He got to back to me pretty quickly. Wow, was excited to be on the show. You know, knew a little bit about my history, and, and but big part I didn't realize how much, um, you know, we think of more Mike obviously being, uh, you know, a, um, you know, a pioneer in the punk rock kind of community. And, um, he's a huge funketeer. Like he's worked quite a bit with Bernie Worrell and him have done stuff. He had this great story about where Bernie had him, uh, on stage and they did maggot brain and he was planning on the funkadelic hit, uh, uh, track Maggot brain. And he was thinking he was gonna be playing the bass part. And Mer Bernie's like, no, 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 I want you to do the Eddie Hazel 
guitar lead, wow. but a bass, Whoa. you know? So, and, but he's a super inspiring guy to talk to. And again, like you said, he's just got such an amazing history and just, you know, just a legend really. And, um, so he was one, one, another one was, um, Mike Gordon, you know, um, from fish Mike and, uh, Mike and I have become pretty good friends over the years. Um, we met shoot probably like 2008, 2009 at this, um, uh, there's a magazine, Bass Player Magazine, and they have this thing called Bass Player Live every year. Uh, they, of course, up until the pandemic, they did it. And um, it's now in Los Angeles, what they have. And it's basically kind of like a big music convention, but obviously bass-centric with, with you know, there's gear, there's master classes, all that kind of stuff. So I've been asked to come and do master classes on them a few times. Well, the first one of the first years I did it, it was in New York City. And Mike was there. And so Mike and I met there. Then he came to one of our shows and then we started doing some recording together, blah, blah, blah. But to make a long story short, him and I ended up, um, you know, both myself and our families have gotten to be uh, good friends. And um, so uh, Mike actually, so I asked Mike to be on, you know, Saturday Night Chit Chat. And he was actually... It wasn't, you would think like someone like him, it was like this big like thing where, you know, we planned, you know, months in advance. And it was like, I actually had a cancellation that week, if I remember right. Someone I had booked on the show wasn't able to make it. And uh, so I kind of like frantically called him uh, last minute. And I'm like, you know, I know this is a crazy favorite ask. I have this show, yada, yada, yada. And um, and he's like, oh yeah, I'll be on this week. Just, I was like, oh, cool. So, and it ended up being one of our highest viewed shows ever, as you can imagine. And so... And, you know, Mike's just such a great interview and such a great guy. And, and since we had a little bit of a history together, too, it was real easy to kind of have a nice conversation on there. So he was great. Um, I had no, another one just recently. I, I think it was two weeks ago. I had uh, Norwood Fisher from Fishbone on. And uh, again, another the thing the thing that always amazes me about all the, the guests, no matter where they come from. Um, Laura Lee from Krungbin was also a really cool one. She was one of my probably like my first couple months episode. of the show. Wow. Yeah. And I was same thing. I just kind of, you know, sent her a, a direct message and, you know, just, just said, well, let's see if she'll, she's interested. And she was, and she was awesome too. Um, but with uh, Norwood and everybody that's on the show, there's always in music, there's always like two degrees of separation from everybody. It's like my, from, you know, whatever level of music or, you know, how, whatever level of success or level of touring you do, it's like everyone seems to know everyone in this industry, you know, and now, and I think that's the one thing about this last two years we've been through is like the playing or the, um, it's kind of like level the playing field, like whether you're Elton John or you're Paul McCartney, or you're the guy that plays at, on Saturday nights at the bar on the corner, we all went through the same thing and we're dealing with all the same issues, no matter what level you're at in music. So it kind of made, there was like this kind of almost like you know, community of, of musicians, no matter what level we all understood what we were all kind of going through together, which kind of brought the music community together in a, in a weird kind of way, I think. 
No, no doubt. And who are some of the musicians on your wish list that you would really love to get on Saturday Night Chit Chat? Oh my gosh, there's a million of them, but um, probably um, I would love to, I've been uh, working on trying to get George Clinton on. I've had like a lot of the members of P-Funk on and, and, um, and uh, so I'd love to have him on. Of course, Bootsy, I'm going to have Bootsy's wife on soon, uh, Patty, she, she does a lot of stuff too. So um Oh my gosh. I want to, you know, musicians are forefront. One of the kind of off the, off the, the, the grid people I had on not too long ago, uh, I had, uh, Nikki Lederman on who, um, Nikki did the, the makeup, uh, for Joker for, um, the Joaquin Phoenix movie Joker. And, uh, she, um, I didn't even realize that she was even knew about the show, but she had been listening to the show a little bit or watching the show. I'm not sure if she's watching or she's listening. And, um, I'm a huge superhero fan and especially superhero movie stuff, kind of a geek like that. So I was like, I just kind of threw it out there. I'm like, you know, we usually have musicians on, but you're still in the arts community. So, um, um, would you be interested in being on the show? And she was, and she's done everything from, she did Joker. That's probably the, the most current thing she did. She did back in the day, double wears Prada. She did sex in the city and she's, you know, she's pretty big in the, that, that side of the industry. So it was really fascinating to have her on. And so with that, the reason I say that, cause it's like you asked wish list. I, one of the people I really want to try to get on, who's a huge music fan too, is James Gunn. Um, you know, now yeah, peacemaker fashions. on HBO guardians of the galaxy, but, um, he's a huge, huge music fan and, um, you know, great. Seems like a really cool guy, Richard Fortas, who, tours with me and Headtronics. Uh, Richard plays with Guns N' Roses now, but I have a side project with DJ Logic and Steve Mullis I do once in a while where we uh, go out and Richard went out in our last leg, guitar player, and Richard knows James because I guess James, Richard's from St. Louis and James started up in the St. Louis music community in a band himself and then ended up, you know, merging over into cinema. So he's, uh, he's one of the people I'd love to have on there. So if you're listening to the show, James... Need to be on Saturday night chit chat. Yes. Yeah. Get in touch with Freak Bass. That's right. Earlier, you mentioned you put out plenty of new music. There was a period that you were putting out a song a month, um, including an EP, which you recently uh, put out on on vinyl through uh, through color color red. red. Yep. Yes. And um, well, this song isn't on there, but I just wanted to talk about. Um, a song that that really hit me that I thought was was fun and really captured your personality and your guest personality was "Take Me Out" with uh, Karina Reichman. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah. And I, I I was wondering if we could just use that as an example, if you could tell our listeners how how that came together. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of the singles have been with other bass players. You know, I'm part of it is just because I seem to have a relationship with other bass players. Being a bass player, obviously. Um, but you know, a lot of us bass players kind of, we had that kind of same kind of thought process so we can, you know, you know, if nothing else, we can sit there and talk shop and talk about what kind of gear we like and all that kind of stuff. So it's really easy to, to get in conversations with people. So, you know, I had done a single with Doug Wimbish from Living Color, um, Stefan Lassard and I had done one a few back, you, uh, a few months ago from, um, uh, Dave from Dave Matthews band. Yeah, correct. So, uh, uh, Karina always, I just love that 
the way she, you know, her whole, her energy is incredible. As everybody knows that, that sees her and, um, her bass sound, she's really into like pedals and weird sounds on the bass, which I'm told that's, I'm all about that. So I was like, you know, and I knew our styles were, you know, even that we had create these crazy bass sounds and we dress crazy and all that kind of stuff. We're still, everybody's, we're both kind of doing our same thing. So I was, I just kind of threw it out there too, where I was like, you know, Hey, would you be into doing a track together? And, um, you know, she was got back right away, was real into it. So I created this kind of like foundational bass kind of groovy, funky thing, sent it to her and she sent over just this incredible stuff back. I had her do some vocals on it. And, um, yeah, it, it's, it's one of my favorite songs. And you know, it's funny cause that song I've heard it, like, especially like the first 10 or 20 seconds, I've seen, heard that pop up. A lot of people like that little intro as kind of using as bumper music. Sometimes I've heard that people like, like that little, the way it kind of sonically sounds for that. So it's great. And she, you know, we ended up doing a video together for the song too, as well. We had to be super creative because we were in a squirt gun fight together in the video, but she was in New York and I was in Cincinnati because we were like, I was wondering how you, yeah, we were knee deep in the pandemic when that, when that happened, you know, it wasn't like, you know, it was, uh, you know, pretty like right in the thick of it. So we had to do some, uh, some crazy camera trickery in that. And, uh, and, you know, in the video, it looks like we're actually in living next to, to each other in an apartment too, as well. So it was, um, you know, the magic of, uh, the magic of, uh, of editing, you know, so, and, uh, Angie Wilson, um, uh, does directs almost all my videos and she's crazy talented and she gets better on every video. And so she, and you know, came her pretty well, home. huh? What's that? You know her pretty well. I do. And she happens to be my wife <laughs> yes. too. So how about that? So she's, um, she, uh, she's great. she, I don't know how she's able to figure that all out. And, but she, you know, she had the whole concept in her head and she's like, well, we can just do this and this. And, and, uh, you know, she made it all, and she's done that with all the videos, you know, we've been able to do that with all the videos where we're able to make it look like we're not living in uh, different worlds, but all in the same world, which is pretty incredible. And so what else uh, do you have coming up? In, oh, by the way, Angie says hello, too, by the way. I forgot to tell you that. Please give her yeah. my best. I the, sure the will. Yes. Great yeah. Angie Wilson. Yeah, because she was with me the last time I saw you, too, as well. That's, That's right. right. In the middle of New York. Yes. So what else do you've, you've got? Uh, so far, you've announced the first leg of your um, tour. Yep. What, what else do you have coming up in 2022? Well, we're going to probably in, you know, we call that Funk the World Tour Part 1. So we're going to be uh, um, yeah, probably in the next probably four to six weeks. We're starting to get some festival stuff starting to come through. There's a lot of, um, you know, the biggest thing is is with our, our, our agency right now, it's just like what part of the country we're going to be in where. I know we're going to be doing a Colorado run over the summer. We're, we're going to be... Uh, 
Uh, we're playing a festival out in New Mexico in August, um, which is the first, I've, I've played just about everywhere in the United States, but that's one state I've never played. So it'll be my first time playing in New Mexico, which I'm excited about. Um, so probably, you know, and, um, I'm sure I'll be knocking on your door to let you know, but it'll probably be, see, we're in, you know, probably April-ish. Hopefully we'll do it. It'd be great if we can actually announce it when we're actually on tour, like that we're, what our next leg will be. But it'll be, you know, um, there's a lot of holes out there right now, so I don't have enough concrete to say this exact thing. But sure. the only thing for sure, I think, you know, we're definitely going to be doing a big swing out to the West. And then um, I know we're going to be doing a Florida run coming up, and then we're going to be doing some stuff up more northeast, like more Vermont, Connecticut area too, as well. So we're going to be out a lot, you know, as long as you know, knock on wood. Yes. There we go. There's some, you know, uh, fingers crossed. If everything stays semi-normal, we're going to be probably hitting it pretty hard here over the next, you know, six to eight months. You know. Excellent. Well, we will certainly be on the lookout for that, and we'll help spread the word. Oh, we appreciate um, that always, always. And I guess the, the one final question for you is uh, talking about all of these things is w- what kind of preparations, what, what, what can you do to try to keep COVID at bay when you go on the road? Well, this first run, we're going to be pretty hard. I mean, you know, by the time we go out, you know, we're going out obviously late March. So, you know, things, as you know, each week seem to be getting better, you know. Um, But I've heard the same song and dance a lot of times before, you know. It's almost kind of like the the Lucy and the the Charlie Brown football thing, you know. It feels like that sometimes. So, yeah, yeah. So, um, just to be extra safe, we're going to really try to keep our bubble as self-contained as we can. Um, you know, uh, everybody going straight back to the hotel room, you know, the green room limited just to the band and our crew. Um, and, uh, so we're going to, and, you know, not try to be out, out amongst, you know, uh, no parting after the shows, I guess you could say, or anything like that, at least for now. Um, so this first run and we'll see how the first run goes. Now, if as things continue to go up, then, you know, that, that, that may change, but at least for this first couple weeks, cause I think we're out for almost, I think we're out 10 or 11 days for this first run. And, um, so we're going to try to stay within our bubble as much as we can just to make sure we can, I just want to make sure we make it through all the shows. You know I mean? That's my main priority is just like, let's make it through this first run. And then at least we'll get that, you know, get that out of the way. And then we can kind of start planning for the next one and see, see how, how the world is treating everybody. Terrific. Well, thanks again for, for joining me and uh, Saturday night chit chat can be watched uh, every Saturday night at Free Bases and on the road um, yep. on a number of places, including the Jam Base Facebook page. Yes, and um, we we look forward. Stay tuned to Freak Bases Jam Base page for the latest dates. Uh, we'll be sure to add them as they come in. And I look forward to seeing you at Brooklyn Bowl, my friend. Yes, I'm so can't tell you how excited I am. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll be talking about some, you know, keep fingers crossed, some more baseball by then. You know, that's always uh, you and I, that's our little side, side love too. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with that, you know. Let's, uh, I don't feel great about that, but I hope it happens at some point. So yeah. fingers crossed. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Thanks again.
it down. That's a wrap for episode 115 of the Jambase podcast. Thanks so much for listening and for supporting the Jambase podcast in our fifth year of the show. We've got many more exciting episodes coming up. So if you haven't subscribed, now would be a particularly good time to do so. Lots of love to Freak Bass, my baseball-loving funk brother, who I always enjoy speaking with. Be sure to catch the Funk the World Tour 2022 if Freak Bass and the Bump Assembly are in your neck of the woods. Finally, thanks to Jake Alexander for producing this episode and for providing its theme music. Take care, everybody. Stay safe and go see live music. <laughs>